and it's up to to uh, up to people who learn from uh, pedigree traditions to change the whole uh, perception of you. Yeah. We'll get to one of those podcasts someday. <laughs> the yeah. rants against yeah. modern day yoga. <laughs> the modern day yoga. to the 15th episode of the Kendra Mahal podcast and we have Mahalukai with us. Namaste, thanks for joining us. So yeah, my name is Kendra Maya and I am a yogi training with Guru Pashupati from the ancient Himalayan school of yoga called Trilok Akhara. And Mahalukai here is also a yogi from the same Himalayan school of yoga. So our topic for today is um, something really exciting and something that I've also, uh, a lot of us, including me, have uh, you know worked with, worked with overcoming, and that's self-doubt. So how to defeat your self-doubt, how to overcome your self-doubt and become certain and consistent in our endeavors in life. Mm, indeed. And um, that's quite a wonderful topic to have because uh, we spoke about negative self-talk mm-hmm. and this goes a step uh, further. Mm-hmm. When the self-talk becomes more doubtful and that kind of uh, reprograms your way of thinking and viewing the world mm-hmm. in not such a good way though leads you down a spiral, leads you down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, through this podcast, we're going to discuss certain aspects of how uh, the, the, the pitfalls of uh, negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. So yes. does negative self-talk usually begin with, I'm not capable enough? Is that the, the core of negative self-talk? Uh, yes. Yeah, actually, you're hitting it right in the core. Um, (laughs) yes, I would say that definitely, at least in how I've experienced it, it starts with a feeling of lack or feeling of scarcity or insufficiency, whether it is one skill set or resources or, yeah, these are the two main things that we feel a lack of, whether we don't have enough money, so I can't do this because I just don't have enough money to do it, or I can't do this because Mm. I have no idea. You know, you know, I'm not Michael Jordan. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I can't be so awesome. So I think it's, it stems from a general um, lack of uh, confidence, uh, which comes from a lack of competence. That is lack of skills. So, mm. yes, um, definitely. And that's actually one of the routes uh, through which one can become, I mean, overcome self-doubt. One can become confident by becoming competent. Uh, But that actually also makes me think about this really interesting um, paradox that sometimes even though people are competent, they don't feel capable. Yeah. Oh, that is true though. Yeah. yeah. That's when uh, whatever doubts they have about their own capabilities kind of holds them back. Mm -hmm. Because you can have the most talented person 
for one word of uh, self-doubt, if you plant it in their head deep enough, then it's going to dictate their course of action. Mm-hmm. Like one missed performance, like one messed up uh, facet or whatever. Mm-hmm. A tiny fragment of doubt can actually uh, sabotage the whole plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they call the imposter syndrome, right? That's one of the... I mean, this is people who are really confident, I mean, competent or talented, just talented at something uh, because they, what is talent really? I mean, they have obviously practiced, so they have actually got the skills and they have done the work, mm. but then even then at the end of the day, they don't believe in themselves because of some yeah. kind of remnant of, I mean, they are basically their worst critic and they just can't accept that they can be, you know, that they are so basically they need some more skills they need some more proof for them to feel that they can do it or they just need to stop uh, getting high on what our guru calls internal narcotics right you just yeah. get high off of this feeling that i'm never enough mm. so you don't actually have to do anything in life you know you don't have to actually deliver any value to the world because you can just keep telling yourself every day that i'm not enough i can't do it because i'm not enough Okay, yeah, yeah, I did so many things, but it's not enough because I'm not good enough. And so, but I mean, I guess a lot of it also stems from the absence of a mentor or a guru or a teacher who tells you that you are important and your work and your value is, you know, whatever skills you have is quite it is something it has some significance even though you can do better you can learn more of course always but there is some sort of validation that i think every individual seeks from a person that they look up to and if that is entirely missing also one tends to feel undervalued and in self-doubt exactly and which brings me to this point that seeking validation is not a bad thing it depends on what you're seeking what you're seeking validation for and by whom you're seeking or by whom, by who's giving you that validation. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has an opinion, right? Yeah. But is it someone you trust with the opinion? Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just noise. It's just garbage. Doesn't doesn't really add anything to you, mm-hmm. to your life. But yeah, depends on uh, whether you have someone who's guiding you. If that person is the one giving you the feedback, that person mm-hmm. is the one uh giving you a nod or a pat on the back, then that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So people have this misconception, uh, like the misconception about validation. Oh, he's out there to seek validation. We're all fucking there to seek validation in some, yeah. at, at some level or the other. Yeah. Oh, he or she's just posting pictures on Instagram to seek validation. Well, yes, but should Instagram validation be taken at face value? I think not. But yeah, at the end of it all, we just, we're all a bunch of uh, seekers and validation becomes one of the things we're seeking. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Every human being's, one of their core, like if not their only core need is to be of value. You know, whether exactly. they want to be of value to their partner or be of value to their children or be of value to their parents or be of value to society at large or to the company they work for everybody wakes up Mm. out of bed because they want to be of value that's what gets anyone out of bed and if you're not getting out of bed then it's because you're not being of value and you know it exactly 
So Especially I, those who need coffee to wake up in the morning, though. What I usually say is that uh, people who need coffee to wake up are better off asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a really harsh truth. But, yeah, but... It is. I mean, no, I'm too grumpy right now. I haven't had my morning coffee. Oh, I feel like shit. I haven't had my morning coffee. You're just addicted to being fucking miserable. And that's one thing that's helping you kind of cut down, cut back on that misery. So, but that's not the way to kind of, uh, I mean, mm. using that as a drug just to get high on. Pretty yeah. much. We've all done that. But yeah, exactly. would it help in the longer run? Perhaps not. No, no, coffee is actually a pretty addictive uh, substance. I but... know. I like the taste. Yeah, me too. I From like time to time, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't use it as a stimulant or a wake up program. I usually enjoy the taste. Yeah, I actually same here. I really like the taste, so I. But I'm really careful of not having it every day at all because it's really easy yeah, to do too. Because actually, yeah. there are there's research that shows that coffee stimulates and changes brain state and releases certain neurotransmitters mm-hmm. that make us happy. Basically, I don't know exactly which ones, but probably dopamine and serotonin could be the. You know, that's you know again internal narcotics, which. Is, so done with our life, we don't really have anything to look, to, to look forward to except for the coffee that gets us off in the morning. Yeah, exactly. that's probably happening there. Yeah. And which brings me to the point that uh, how can one eliminate negative uh, self-talk? Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think we talked about that in my podcast episode already in the past, but I can... Yeah, so negative self-talk and self-doubt, right? How do how do we eliminate that? Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, uh, self-doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So the obvious, mm-hmm. so the like the the most effective method is to obviously build like some uh, like I think Chris Williamson said it in his podcast, and it's quoted by he quoted another guy I forgot his name, but he said. You know, we need to build a stack of undeniability that this is who we are. That is what will make us absolutely certain. But mm. like before we start to build a stack of undeniable proof, the question is, what should we build this proof for? Like, who do we want to be? Yeah. Right? Exactly. What do we want to change into? And um, that's the first question we ask ourselves. And that's the question which we can answer if we communicate honestly with ourselves through meditation, for example, and find out actually what is our true need. It starts with being honest and then finding out our pain. So it Mm. really starts again with just being honest with our own needs. Actually, Mm. there's also a really interesting um, kind of framework, which uh, also I heard it in this podcast called Modern Wisdom. And they talk about, you know, the three P's, power, passion, mm. and purpose. So. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Three so, P's. Though. They all teach you the four P's of marketing skill, which, you know, we never use from time yeah. to time. But you might use it from time to time, but for the most part, it's dormant yeah. to the end so, of your life. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I heard it and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting because what it has in common with, you know, the way we look at it in Himalayan yoga is being of service it's really important yeah. to be of service to other to the 
you know other people to be of value to yeah. other people and to the world in general start start with your own family start with your closest relatives and then you can also be of value beyond that you know you can build your capability to also build your value how valuable you are to the world and that's yes. that that will happen when you ask yourself you know what am i it's not so much about what you're already passionate about because if you're already passionate about something and you're already good at it then it's not really about learning you just get bored i mean if you're already exactly. a artist, then what's the point of having that as a passion i mean you can have it as a passion but what's the point of giving it as a value to the world i mean you can also do that on the side but then it's also important to grow and learn and unless you want to stagnate you know there are a lot of people who master something and then they just oh yeah, yeah that's when uh, exactly yeah. that's when discipline kind of steps up mm-hmm. you know, that's when i mean talent alone uh, by itself doesn't cut it you need to have the uh, discipline and you need to have like goals that you set for yourself that you kind of raise continue raising the bar mm-hmm. yeah you need to ask yourself two questions as guru pashupati says <clears throat> the first one is what do you want and who does that make you mm yeah yeah i need to answer these two questions for yourself honestly and then that makes a lot of sense what do you want yeah yeah so when we know the answers to that then we can start becoming that person you know who does mm. that make you that's the answer to the sec- second question is the person you build the undeniable proof of becoming but most people are in a position where they do not even feel empowered enough to ask themselves these two questions because they feel that it doesn't really matter what they want because they won't get it anyway this is where they are this is the kind of place well, when you've already said the yeah when you're when you're when you've already like set yourself up for failure failures what you'll get yes i mean you can either have like like i don't know i read this amazing thing on uh, one of the one blog i was reading the other day and it was about like if you see uh, if you think mm-hmm. if you have faith that you'll be able to fulfill it you'll continue to see opportunities that get you there but if you only see failure then you'll just get obstacles so mm-hmm. you need to kind of make that flip like that, that you need to flip the switch in your mind though when kind of gets to a low point because uh yeah we uh we conceive what we believe and uh, that's how it goes though mm-hmm. if you can see what you believe then better believe in things that will push you farther in life instead of pulling you back mm-hmm. yes yes absolutely um the flip switch this switch that needs to be flipped uh, from this constant uh track of looking at obstacles which is then what you will always find because you know when you tell someone don't think of that that's what they will think of right uh yeah. so yeah i mean looking at the path and it's possible actually we teach it at himalayan holistic healing there is a simple meditation that basically opens up in you through neuro linguistic programming nlp uh, that mm-hmm. we also teaches through that we open up this possibility in our body and mind so it is opening up in the mind but it is anchored in the body 
and this possibility is all one needs to start believing in oneself so instead of saying it's not an affirmation and it's not manifestation you don't say i will do this or i am already this instead you say i can know what will make me happy i can be a better person i can be rich i can contribute to my family i can be a great boyfriend or great girlfriend so the moment you say that and you kind of there's a specific meditation way in which you can anchor it to your body and uh we teach that and so you know those who are interested they can obviously get in touch but yeah it's possible it's possible by reconnecting re, so reassociating with one's body and then rebridging the mental and body connection we can open up this possibility instead of living in this constant negative state of exactly so the way i the way i see it is in order to uh, to find the root cause you need to get a bird's eye perspective and then you need to kind of uh, let that sink in your subconscious mind though. so it is subconscious programming mm-hmm. yeah perspective. so you need to just reprogram all the gunk that's in your system yeah yeah exactly that's the crazy that's that's the crazy part about it you know we think that we can just make a to-do list and start doing all that consciously and we will succeed mm-hmm. but we all know that yeah. we need a long ass to do list and then we don't do jack shit the whole day because exactly because it's not the conscious mind it's the subconscious mind that controls 95% almost 99% yeah. i was about to say that yeah because everything is subconscious like uh, the magic happens in the subconscious though and the unconscious mind the conscious mind is just a vehicle for you to pull it through mm-hmm. and uh, this is one thing that people need to understand that it's now like it's no magic it's no like oh yeah it's sort of like there is a truth there is a scientific truth to that and yoga has been promoting that scientific truth for centuries and millennia now um i don't know most people have this misconception about yoga but that and it's up to to uh up to people who learn from uh, pedigree traditions to change this whole uh, perception of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get to one of those podcasts someday. <laughs> the yeah. rants against yeah. modern day yoga. <laughs> the pitfalls of modern day yoga. <laughs> I've been wanting to get how it's detrimental to your system and what everyone's everyone's ripping you off. <laughs> I mean, I'm not everyone, of course. I mean, I'm a, I'm being a bit too harsh here, but no, it's all in good fun and good banter. But yeah, yeah. the uh, the real essence of yoga has to be understood and applied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is a science. It is an ancient science. Yoga is an ancient science. It's not a form of art. It's not a form of I don't know, whatever else. Holding your breath. Your breath. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's a way of life and it's a scientific way of life to understand the subconscious mind and how it works in unison with the conscious mind, which for which exactly. the Sanskrit terms I talked about it in the first episode of my podcast are, you know, the unconscious mind is the chitta or the doing mind which does everything, everything. And that now science mm. is finding this out. And the conscious mind is the bodha which is um uh, uh the being mind 
So the job of the bodha or the conscious mind is just to be, just to be an observer, actually. Mm. And this is really... Oh. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this doing mind and being mind are both two, you know, they exist actually in yoga, we call them Shakti and Shiva. So the, the doing mind yeah. does everything is the formless energy, which makes everything and does everything. And Shiva is pure consciousness. So they are not actually humans. They are, you know, they are like, I don't know how to call them. Um, they are just light, you know, pure consciousness. It doesn't have a form. It's formless. And so Shakti also is formless. She doesn't exist in a human form. Of course, mm. human beings who have, you know, done a lot of work on themselves are able to personify that. Yeah, yeah mm. personify and embody these two. And we have separate names for them in um, Hinduism, but that's different. From mm. uh, just a yogic perspective, the doing mind or the unconscious mind is Shakti. That's formless energy. And the being mind, which is an observer, is light or pure consciousness. It exists. Yeah. So, yeah, in order to program the subconscious mind, you have to be friends with the subconscious mind. You can't. Yeah, and that is where yoga steps in. I mean, it, it creates a bridge between the, the subconscious and conscious minds. Yeah. And, yeah, in a way, that is also what sort of defines yoga in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, quite an insightful discussion. I mean, there's so much that I've learned. I hope our viewers and listeners are able to enjoy as much. Mm -hmm. I hope so too. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so the last thing I wanted to say was that, you know, when we only do things from the conscious mind, like, for example, when we just read, you know, we were talking about this, when we just read a self-help book, it's the conscious mm, mind that yeah. reads it, and then it's not the conscious mind that's going to apply it. It's the unconscious mind that's going to apply it. Because, exactly. you know, you just read a book and you think that your life will, you read a self-help book, you know, you're talking about and you think your life will change. But that's not how it works. You have to actually apply it. And to apply it means to, you know, come face to face with the unconscious mind who has its own agenda. When you don't become friends with the unconscious mind, it has its own agenda. It's going to do its exactly. own thing. And there's obvious disconnect between the two. And people give a lot of flack to uh, self-help books. Though, I mean, personally, I've just read about two or three self-help books. But those have helped me. I mean, I've uh, been able to act upon my life through those self-help books. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, I had to connect it to my subconscious mind as well. Mm -hmm. I had to take all that knowledge, let it seep in. Mm -hmm. And it, it's... You can't expect a self-help book to do everything for you. You got to put in the work, though. Yeah. If you don't put in the work, then it's just another uh, Sidney Sheldon novel for you. <laughs> Sidney Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Some people also think that they can just throw money at a meditation course, and then things will just oh, yeah. automatically get downloaded into their brain. But no, you have to actually get. Exactly. Or take a trip to India to find themselves. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. going to lead to a whole bunch of drama in that person's life. And yeah. Things will happen. That's for sure. But I don't know for the better or for the worse. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows. So yeah, thank you so much uh, once again for this wonderful discussion. Totally enjoy all of our discussions and uh, a big thank you to uh, our patrons on Patreon. Thank you okay. so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you so much um, for you know the patrons who've signed up. Um, I can say your names out, but I don't know if that's because I did say that no. I'm going to do a five-name patron shout out. All right, go ahead. I mean, yeah, so, stay yours if you want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so well, uh, thank you, you know, Shibani, uh, Sanket, and Akash. Uh, we are really happy to have you on board our meditation course. And yeah, we're looking forward to having more uh, people um, benefiting from this uh, knowledge and, tech, you know, science of yoga. All those who want to defeat their self-doubt and start to get in a good relationship with their subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. This is a great place. I mean, this is what yoga is for. And uh, finally, we have touched upon this key core issue, uh, core matter that yoga actually addresses. So yeah, thank you so much for being on this uh, episode again, uh, Mahavikai. It was great to have this discussion with you and you brought out um, interesting points. Uh, before we sign out, uh... Do you want to let people know of uh, the, the webinar for next week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so we have a webinar on uh, how to recover from stress, uh, mental stress mainly, uh, with Himalayan Yoga City next week on Sunday at 2 p.m. Central European time. And it's for like about 90 minutes, one and a half hours until 3.30 p.m. So, you know, if you're... It's for free. So if anyone who wants to kind of get into the low gear uh, on the weekend and meditate with us, then uh, please get in touch with us and we will send you the Zoom link. So it's uh, actually for an environmental NGO from Germany who has, uh, who we're working with to deliver this uh, knowledge to a lot of people who mm. are doing a lot of these development projects and therefore end up going through a lot of stress. Uh, you know, trying to save the world, basically meet all the sustainable development goals, reduce poverty, etc. It's quite a stressful job. And so it's definitely something that I, I work in this field as well as a sustainability specialist. So I know it can be pretty stressful and it has helped me meditation. So yeah, this is kind of the point of departure. But anybody who experiences stress and wants to, to learn a simple method, simple meditation to um, manage it and maybe even completely get rid of it, if they practice, then please do join us and send us a you know message to find get the link basically. Otherwise, you can't join. Yeah. yeah, we'll be sharing it on the on our Instagram Instagram handles. I'll be yeah. sharing it during this week, and uh, so came to Maya. So mm -hmm. please go ahead and uh, if this is something you want to invest your time in, yeah, please feel free to join the the webinar. Absolutely. Right. Thank you so much once again, and uh, it was a pleasure. Until uh, our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming, and see you for the next episode. All right. Good one.